The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about love and conflict, and we have a wonderful book that's coming out called The Gift of of conflict and my very very dear friend is on the, the line with us today I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him he's been on our show several times and he is my co-author on this new book called the gift of conflict for couples and since love is in the air we're going to talk with him about conflict and the gift and conflict let me tell you first a little bit about my wonderful friend and my mentor my guide, my Maxi me, all the good things, Leonard Simchak, who is MSW and LSSW. He is an author, a speaker, a psychotherapist, and a life coach. For the past 40 years, he has worked both in Australia and America as a counselor and an educator. He's an Amazon bestselling author of The Roadmap Home, Your GPS to Inner Peace, and the sequel to his novel, Cuckoo Forevermore, uh, is a lighthearted satire on psychotherapy. And that will be published in 2014. And he writes consoles. He does wonderful classes and workshops. And he conducts seminars on writing and personal spiritual growth. And he's the proud father of two adult children. And he lives in beautiful Dana Point, California. And he is my co-author and my dear friend, and he keeps me honest. And I'd like you to just take a look at his website, theroadmaphome.com. That is roadmaphome.com. So, Leonard, we're going to have some fun today. Well, thank you for that very generous introduction, Mari. And all I can say to you is, is I, I mirror back to you because I think you're just an incredible woman and all the things that you've done to help individuals and couples heal their conflict and mediate uh, to bring out more inner peace in their lives. So it's just great being with you. Well, you too. And I'm, I'm so excited to talk about our new book. And we really work together on it. And, and the fun part of it is is that Leonard is uh, we're kind of like yin and yang. When Leonard works from the inside out as a therapist, and I work kind of the outside in. And we, we meet, uh, they say never the twain shall meet, but we meet. So let's talk a little bit about conflict and love. And, you know, could you just explain to our audience, what is the origin of interpersonal conflict? 
Well, Mari, that's an excellent question because most people think of conflict in a negative way. And I know you're going to be talking and sharing more about conflict itself. But basically, interpersonal conflict occurs pretty well when we are born. Just imagine we're in this beautiful, warm, nurturing womb, and then all of our desires are taken care of in a very beautiful environment. And all of a sudden, we leave the comfort of our mother and are thrust into this world of sound and sensations and are born. And often a child will start to, to cry when they're born because there's a, the, the difference between this beautiful, comforting, nurturing environment and the harsh world of senses. And in our evolution, we learn to adapt and adopt to this environment. And we download and learn about language and culture values, everything that our parents imprint in us. And that's what we bring into a relationship. And we meet another person with a whole other set of values and beliefs that they bring as well that they've used to adopt and adapt to their environment. And surprisingly, uh, two people get together and find ways to, to create a relationship. In many ways, it's rather miraculous that two people from very separate experiences actually create a bonding connection. Yes. And that kind of leads us to, so when they, when they get together, obviously there is going to be some conflict because conflict is a way of sorting out these different uh, experiences and to create a, a relationship together. And that kind of says to you, because people probably, they always ask me, this is, well, you're talking about the gift of conflict. What is the gift? So can you share a little bit about how you see the conflict as a gift and give us a little bit more information about just the meaning of conflict? Okay, and just so my audience knows, we're going to kind of do this ping pong, kind of share ideas with each other because that's how we actually wrote the book. First of all, Leonard, you asked me, like, what is conflict? And, And you kind of talked about the origins of conflict, but when we look at conflict, there is a great analogy is the Chinese word for conflict is make made up of two symbols. One is danger and the other is opportunity. And when we get into conflict, we do we can go the dangerous way and let it escalate and destroy relationships or create violence or wars, or we can use it as an opportunity to grow from each other. So as you were talking about Conflict is really when we have divergent thinking, right? You may see things, and, and we our, ourselves have had conflict, but not negative conflict, but we've had this different perspectives. You know, I come from one perspective, and Leonard comes from another perspective because of our experience, because of our different expertise. So we see things differently. Our, our, our whole view on something might be entirely different. So instead of turning it into a, a negative thing, we say, wow, that's how you see it. Let me see if I can be open and understand that. And, and Leonard, fortunately, because he's a therapist, he's a great listener. And he goes, yeah, let me see how you see it. And so then we create something new. That's when it is an opportunity. And when we decided on, on a, you know, doing workshops on this and book and this book that we have in mind that's going to be out very soon, we thought about, well, what is the gift? The gift of conflict is the transformation. If we 
get to that point where we listen to each other, we gain new insights and new inspiration. We say, wow, you know, the way I've been doing something, maybe it, it, it doesn't meet your needs. It doesn't meet your interests. And then you might say the same thing to me. Well, Mari, the way you're doing it is that doesn't meet my interests or my perspective. And so we then create a third of vision together. That is the gift when you are in a love relationship and challenges arise, whether it's money or sex or child rearing, when you hear each other, when you listen, when you're open and you say, well, gee, this is my view. And your spouse or your significant other said, well, this is my view. And you come together and create a third view. That's the gift. That's the transformation. And that's the excitement for at least, I think, for the passion that I have. And I know that you have, too. Exactly. And if I can just elaborate, because the gift, I always think of this gift is an opportunity to become more conscious and aware of myself. Yes. both as an individual and in relationship, because I often am unaware of how I come across and the feedback that I receive from a, a lover, from a partner, can show me, it's like a mirror to show me what I'm thinking and how I'm coming across, so then I can choose to change or not change them. But if I can't get feedback, if I'm not in a relationship to see the mirror, it's very difficult to change or to become aware of even what my beliefs are, what my thoughts are. And I think this is a terrific gift and opportunity for couples if they just embrace that there's going to be differences, which are normal and natural, that they can then begin to grow deeper and together, just like you're saying, Mari. Yes, and and that's what's the beauty of it, because without you as a mirror meaning you, whoever your lover is or who your significant other is, if you don't have that mirror, you can be oblivious to things. And I know with my husband, Lloyd, who's listening to this right now, (laughs) that, you know, there are things that we are each oblivious to and that when we can give that gift of understanding, you know, we have to question, gee, do I really do that? Is that how it's affecting you? Gee, I didn't mean to affect you like that. So I think you're so right that that is the inner gift. And, and just as Leonard and I have been talking and we're telling you about the inner versus the outer, this is, again, showing you that Leonard is bringing the richness of that inner being coming to connect with the other partner. And I'm bringing like the outside to then coming back in and saying, yes, this is helping me to grow. This is part of the gift. Let's go on because I know you and I have talked about patterns of conflict. Why don't you mention for my audience, what are some of the patterns of conflict that we get into in our relationships? Well, really, there's probably, it can be boiled down to two patterns, and that is a pattern of conflict avoiding or conflict engaging, or maybe a combination of the two. So if I am facing with conflict, let's say there's a discord or something that makes me feel uncomfortable in a relationship with my partner, I can either um, avoid it, try to avoid dealing with a conflict because I'm frightened of conflict. And if I came from, I personally came from a family where there was domestic violence, and so I tend to be sometimes a conflict avoider. So when I feel the conflict, is is my innate nature is to try to try to uh, move away from it and 
as I become more conscious and aware of it, then I can choose, well, I don't have to move away from it. I can actually embrace it uh, as well. And the conflict engagers, they like to really get in there. Sometimes they can be blaming. They can be uh, attacking, intimidating. But the conflict engagers, they just love competition. They like to go in there and engage in conflict. So those two are two patterns that often evolve in a relationship, and it can give couples the opportunity then to even find another pattern, and that is, as we talk about in our book, about really finding a way to open up the communication so that there is active listening and understanding and actually healing that goes on uh, for each partner to feel really deeply understood, heard, and loved, which is something that we all aspire to have in our lives. Right, and when we're talking about engaging versus avoiding, when when we're talking about another way to engage is to gently confront. Uh, we don't want people to avoid. We we think that if they avoid, that they're missing they're missing out of the gift. So we are often um, trying to help people to see that the 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 way to engage is a way to gently confront for themselves and their partners to grow from this, to, to evolve, to, to find a, a new joy in overcoming some of the pain that they experience in conflict. Because, you know, it's true, conflict is painful, but it is also an opportunity to totally transform and make things so much more beautiful. Yes, and I'm thinking a gentle confrontation. So let's say, I mean, I grew up in my family where uh, I felt that uh, I wasn't really heard or listened to. And so the, if I experience that with my partner and I feel like uh, she's not really listening to me, well, it really activates an old trigger, an old wound. Jeez, I'm not being heard again. And so the gentle confrontation from the inside out means I start becoming aware of that pain of not being listened to or heard to and the desire to be heard in a very different, in a very loving way. So I think that confrontation, this is a gentle confrontation, is just to bring it into the light. Isn't that what we're doing? Yes. We're just bringing, bringing these painful areas into the light so that they can be healed. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, in, in, I know we've had many conversations, Mari, about boundaries, and, and we both had different uh, texts. Uh, just like you're healing from the outside in, mine from the inside out. And it's interesting, even when we were talking about boundaries, we even had a bit of a, a difference about using the boundaries and, of course, the need for boundaries, which all couples and individuals need, and my taking a look at some of the bridges. So can you share a little bit more about the boundaries and the importance of boundaries? Yes. You know, people... I think that's a lifelong issue is to recognize boundaries and boundaries may always be changing. I know for me, when I'm in mediation, I see people overstep their boundaries and I see people allow people to overstep their boundaries. And I know for myself, because I'm outgoing and getting excited that, that sometimes people have this perception and sometimes it's true that I'm overstepping their boundaries. So for me, I have to be very mindful and respectful of other people's boundaries. And that means that when someone says I'm not comfortable with something, not to, to push on it without 
you know, having that person feel comfortable to to clarify how they're feeling or to just, you know, telling someone what to do, bossing somebody what to do, telling them how to live their lives. That's kind of the, the way that we overstep our boundaries. And boundaries are important because if it, it shows love. Um, I, I have this quote here. It says that when we fail to set boundaries and hold people accountable, we feel used and mistreated. That is why we sometimes attack who they are, which is far more hurtful than addressing a behavior or a choice. So what happens is when we overstep boundaries, we might blame. And then, of course, the opposite of blame is guilt. So we've got this this negative uh, situation that if we set boundaries, meaning that we are respectful of these parameters that people set up, what is comfortable for you, what's comfortable for me. What's often a challenge, I think, is that people are not sure of what their desires are, what they're, what's um, expected, um, and, and so they are kind of loosey-goosey on boundaries. They don't make it clear. So even in a, in a position, for example, if you're a boss and you set boundaries with your employees and they don't follow it, if you don't watch those boundaries, make them accountable of those boundaries, then, you know, people might come in late every day. And if you don't set boundaries, like this is what an expectation is and what I can live with and what I can't live with, then people get lost and and there is uh, hurt feelings, angry feelings, and the conflict arises and escalates. So boundaries really set forth a loving attitude. If I respect who you are, I know what you, what's comfortable for you. I know what's not uncom- what's uncomfortable for you. I don't um, say hurtful things that I know are, is going to push your button. If I'm respectful of all of that, then I'm watching your boundaries. Mm. And if I don't allow other people to do it to me, then I'm respecting my boundaries. Yeah, in many ways, boundaries establish us as individuals. Yes. And and the boundaries help really clarify well, what our individual needs or wants or desires. And those boundaries are really very important uh, to, uh, because in relationships, we, in our book we were talking about we relationships have a need for individuality, individuation, and connection. So there's these two elements, individuation. Boundaries help form a person um, in their own right as different and separate. Yet at the same time, in the relationship, couples need to feel connected. And, and that's where it's, they, it's important to build bridges of connection as well. So in, when I work with couples, I come from a different perspective in the sense that a lot of the couples I work with tend to be very defensive. And they create these boundaries of defense and they end up becoming rigid. So the challenge for those couples who have very rigid boundaries is to start to learn how to build bridges so that they can soften their boundaries, soften their defenses, and reach out and connect in a loving way so that they feel bonded and connected to their partner, their lover, and feel this deep, rich sense of interconnection. And it's really creating the balance. I think that we've, Mari, you and I have talked about is having this balance between you know, respectful boundaries and also building bridges that couples, some couples have almost too rigid boundaries and they need to become more connected. Some couples are almost enmeshed with one another and need to create more respectful boundaries. So 
it's, it's creating that balance in a relationship. Yes, and you know what? I get this vision of a couple holding hands, but rather than being a mesh, the wind can flow between them. <laughs> what can help? You know, that, that, that's showing that they are connected, but they have boundaries. That, yeah. that there is that they are the individuals. And if we can have that, you know, not be dependent or independent, but rather interdependent. Yes. And, and that is really the, it's the bridges and the boundaries. I love it. Bridges and boundaries. That's the name of our next book, Bridges and Boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> so, it is. It's good because it's we need bridges and we need boundaries. Yes, it's like if you have two two countries uh, um, with two different origins and cultures and values, which of course two individuals do come from two different families, but the bridge connects them together so that they can move back and forth and feel this connection, um, often heart to heart. Yes. So let's talk about um, when conflict arises and when needs are unmet. Let's talk about what kind of examples there are. I mean, everybody who's listening has experienced those kinds of things, but I think if you give some examples of of needs being unmet, causing the kind of conflict that we all don't want. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think some of the basic needs that we have, uh, you know, look at uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, uh, you know, starts off with just the basic needs of uh, being cared for and, and uh, food, water, sleep, sex, and as we move up this pyramid, according to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we start fulfilling needs of safety, security. Of course, relationships need to feel safe. And then as we move those up, we go higher up the, la- the ladder of human potential to feel a sense of love, belonging, self-esteem. And I think all of us in a relationship, A, want to feel that we're loved. I think we want to feel that we're seen and we, we're heard, we're understood, we're accepted. The need for uh, just feeling a sense of worth and that we are good enough just the way we are. And when conflict arises, it means that some of those needs are not being met. Often we're not even conscious that those needs aren't being met. So when couples are having an argument, usually there's an unmet need. And if that couple can begin to rise into, let the needs come to the surface, they can identify you know, right now, I just feel that I just need to be heard. Can you just hear me? I don't need to be fixed. You often hear this with men and women. Women often say, you know, I just want to be heard. I don't want to be fixed, whereas men right. tend to want to fix. Right. I'll fix it. <laughs> no, I don't want to be fixed. I just want to be heard. Yes. And then, so the man can fix the woman by just listening. He doesn't have to fix anything. His way of meeting her needs is just to listen to her. And as we become more conscious of what we're needing, I can say, this is what I'm needing, and then we can put a request, are you available just to listen to me? Yes. Rather than being in a demanding way, rather than uh, fighting over listening or arguing with each other, the more clear we are about what we're needing, yes. the clearer we can put requests out there, and the more intimate and bonded we can become. Right, right. Yep. Mm. And I know you, you um, um, when people have their needs, I think that the question, maybe from your perspective, Mari, is, I mean, you, you work a lot with challenging couples and relationships, obviously, through mediation. And let's, let's, I think it's wise for us to talk a little bit about some of the choices that couples can have in, in resolving their conflict. Can you share a few of those? Yeah. 
actually, when people get into conflict, especially couples in love, uh, when they get into conflict, they really only have four choices. And they, they think that they have more or they may not recognize them all. But the first one is when you're in conflict, you need to change yourself. You need to say, what am I doing that is contributing to this conflict? So if I am nagging, if I am demanding, if I'm doing something like that that's causing um, a reaction in my partner, that's something that I can work on. That doesn't mean that my partner's not doing something that needs to change. It just means that I can change myself. It's hard enough to do any kind of change of yourself, let alone try and change someone else. You can't do that. Mm. So you can at least work on yourself and ask questions like, what am I doing? What isn't working for me? How can I be different? And the critical issue that people don't recognize until they do it is once we work on ourselves and change ourselves, there is a change in the other person. At first, they might try harder to make you do what you've done before, but eventually the game has changed. So that's number one, work on changing yourself. The second one is to negotiate for change. If I want to have more connection and more communication, I might say, gee, I love you. I want to be with you. I feel like we're not spending enough time together instead of saying you aren't home enough. Just say, I love you. I want to be with you. How can we spend more time together in a way that would be comfortable for both of us to engage the other party in negotiation and what I call solutioneering? So that's negotiation for change. The third thing is to just get up and leave. And lots of times in my mediation, when people are in a disillusion, that's what they've done. They haven't worked on themselves. They haven't really learned how to communicate and negotiate. So they think, okay, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. I want the divorce. I want out of it. I want to end the relationship. But, you know, we take our stuff with us wherever we go. So if I don't change myself, if I don't try and negotiate for change and I just leave, then all those things that have been a problem before with Mary or Tom or whomever, when I move on, it's going to appear again. So leaving without working on yourself or the relationship is really, um, I think, a a mistake because you're missing out. Now, the fourth choice is you say, okay, I'm not, I've worked on myself or I'm not going to work anymore on myself or there's no way to negotiate with this guy and I don't feel like leaving because I'm scared to leave. The last choice is to be miserable. (laughs) And people don't recognize that you, that is a choice, being miserable. So those are the four choices. Yeah, you know, I've worked with couples, I almost, who are very miserable being with each other, and I almost get the sense they've been cemented together (laughs) in their misery. (laughs) And and they're just like, misery loves company. (laughs) Together. There's, their misery just loves each other. And to just realize that, you know, you guys are just cemented like super glued. And to really break away in that one of your choices is to, again, all of this goes back to, I think, that one of the first ones is that is to change yourself. Because yes. even to break away does require conscious awareness of what you're really needing or if needs are not being met, what can you do? Because ultimately, the bottom line is it's only up to us, as you said, Mari, change. I have to become aware. And I think the, the best attitude is to have curiosity. So, you know, if, if I'm getting into trouble with conflict all the time, to be curious, geez, it's interesting. I wonder why I seem to be getting into arguments with my lover. Hmm, 
I wonder what that's about. I wonder what I contribute to it, and how do I view those arguments? You know, if you have a sense of curiosity rather than harsh judgment, yes. I think it opens up an atmosphere of exploration and awareness. Wow, I didn't realize that whenever she speaks harshly or she raises her tone of voice, my body starts clutching. I start feeling tightness in my chest, and I want to start shutting down. That awareness is, wow, and then, and then I start getting really attacking back. And then I could become aware of my pattern of what I do in a relationship. And, and that and awareness then can lead me to some other choices. And that's perfect because we are out of time, believe it or not. So, again, you can see how we have this all conflict really starts from within. And so when you listen to Leonard from the inside and me from the outside, you'll see that this is really a gift of conflict for everyone. So we are out of time. Leonard, we'll do this again. This is so much fun always to be with you. And so thank you so much for joining us. And you can find out more about Leonard at his, as, at his website. And why don't you just uh, visit that, the roadmap, roadmaphome.com. So thanks, Leonard. We'll get together again soon. Oh, thanks, Mari. It's always a joy and a pleasure being with you. Okay, thank you. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here on KUCI. And visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. It's about trust. expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.